Top Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, the only host, Dave Sturcho here, representing Cowboys Nation on Chop Sports. That's right. So listen, here's the deal. We went into Thanksgiving. We were all, you know, doom and gloom, and we weren't feeling each other. We weren't really getting excited about anything. But here we are now at 8-4. and four. The Dallas Cowboys get a win against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Imagine that. Like, when's the last time we did that? I believe it was 2000 and something, where it was like it was within the last 20-something years. But it's been a long, long time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a very long time since the Cowboys were able to win a game in the Dome. The Thunderdome is what I like to say or call it. Uh, it's What does it even call it at this point? Mercedes-Benz Dome? Is that what we're talking about? The Superdome no longer exists, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is what happens when sponsors and, and all these people get involved. Uh, but it is the Mercedes-Benz Dome, and the Dallas Cowboys get themselves a win. Now, was the win pretty? That That's another, that's another issue. Um, as Dallas Cowboys fans, a win is a win, right? We'll take all the wins. Let's be unapologetic about any single win we ever get. I don't care who was the result or why the result happened. This is exactly what the Cowboys needed. They needed a win. They needed an absolute win um, in this game where people wouldn't, you know, go off the rails anymore. And nobody would actually, like, you know, panic anymore. And eight and four after 12 games is, is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Eight and four, first place in the NFC East. We're looking good. The playoffs look very, very, very achievable at this point. I don't know the percentages anymore, and I, I refuse to even look at the percentages because, you know, forget the percentages at this point uh, because nobody knows what the heck is going to happen with the Dallas Cowboys ever. Um, but I will say this. A win is a win, and they get this one. Now, how did they get this one? Um, Mike McCarthy not there, out with COVID. Uh, Joe Philman, the offensive line coach, out with COVID. The, the reins were taken over by Dan Quinn. And again, I know when this drops on a Wednesday, you don't really want to hear about the week prior because, you know, it's already in our rear view. We're already midweek. We're already ready to rock and roll against the Washington football team, right? So I won't touch on this too much, but I will say this. Dan Quinn and company, they all pitched together. They all got it done. What worries me is still Kellen Moore, okay? Kellen Moore is, I think he's trying too hard. I think he's... um he dialed up the wrong plays on this one. I think the pressure got to him, and there was no filter, okay? You know how people are like, oh, I got no filter when they're talking, you know, either talking bad about somebody and like, oh, I got no filter. He didn't have Mike McCarthy this time around to be the filtering system. He didn't have that guy to, to come out and say, you know what, I, I wouldn't call that right here. Uh, my analytics show this, or my analytics show that, or I would definitely do that. He wasn't able to do that, and I don't think Dan Quinn had that quick of a response in order for him to jump in. So the reins were kind of taken off of Kellen Moore in which I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, clearly, you know, we're trying to run the clock out and we're not running the ball. Right. And I don't know if you can contribute that to Zeke being as hurt as he is, or just the offensive line, not getting the push they need up front, or maybe even credit to the new Orleans saints who have a good defensive front. I mean, that's not, you, there's nothing to, you can't deny that. You know, you can't go ignorant and say like, well, the Saints are garbage. Uh, we should have ran all over. That's not true. You know, it's not true at all. Um, I think that the Cowboys had themselves an opportunity many, many times to put this game on ice and they just couldn't do it. Um, whether that be offensively, just, just couldn't get going. And I think that's that's alarming. I think that's um, something to just concern yourself about going forward. You know, the last time we saw the offense kind of ball out was in New England, you know, right before the bye. Like, it was it was just like, it was many, many moons ago. You know, I felt like the last time we were shelled like this, as far as stopped, was the Denver game and the Kansas City game. So there was a lot of reminiscent of that. 
um, in this game, but this time they get it done. This time they they scrap together the win that they needed. Um, and, and like I said, shout out to Tony Pollard. Guy took it upon himself to make another play. That's two weeks in a row. He's house calling something, whether it be on Thanksgiving, taking it to the house on a kick return or this time, you know, breaking off a 50 yard plus run for a touchdown in which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's been four years since we had a 50 plus yard touchdown run. That's insane to me. Uh, That just goes to show you that the offensive line is not getting the push and that our running backs just at the second level, they don't just, they don't have breakaway speed until you insert a guy like Tony Pollard. Now to go back on Zeke, um, I think he's a lot bang, more banged up than anybody's really talking about. I think that there's a there's a good chance that there's going to be some kind of knee surgery in the offseason in which he scopes or you know gets gets right and cleans it up and whatever the case may be. There's a lot to be said for Ezekiel Elliott on the way he's running. In the beginning of the season, he was running like a man possessed. He was running like a bat out of hell, and I was calling him a top five running back in the NFL. Clearly, you can't say that's the case anymore. Just be based off of what we've seen, you, you know, you put the product on the field, you put the you know the stuff on film. These are the things we can analyze now as Cowboys fans with a realistic approach. Um, I think that Zeke is definitely one of the guys that are going to lead this team to wherever they think they're going to go. So if this team is a Super Bowl caliber team, in which some people still believe, I still believe that uh, that they can run in the NFC with anybody at this point. Once that offense gets gets clicking, forget it. I'm telling you right now, forget it. I don't know who you are or who you think might be able to dethrone the Cowboys if the Cowboys are rolling on every like every facet. You know, like if every every special teams as long as Greg keeps making kicks right, and we got the offense rolling, that defense is playing out of their minds right now. They are playing so well. They are playing just complimentary football of each other between the pass rush, Micah Parsons, uh, the return of, uh, of, of Demarcus Lawrence. Everything was clicking last week where we caused four turnovers off a tight end who's playing quarterback. I mean, that's that's really what Taysom Hill is. I and mean, I can't give him any more credit. I can't give him this uh, this ability to, to be a quarterback in the NFL. I don't think it exists. I don't think that skill set is in him. I think that the Saints – are starting to realize that a little bit. Can he throw? Yeah, he can throw. He can also throw to the other team a lot. And it happened four times in the game against Dallas. But getting back to Zeke, I think that if he's hurt, now is not the time to bench him. Uh, I think if they were going to do it, they should have did it last game. Now with these 10 days off and, and coming up to a Washington football team who have won all these games in a row, and now the Washington football team, they're feeling themselves right now. They're 6-6. Six and six. It's a whole nother dynamic at this point. It really is. And I don't really want to go right into the Washington football team game. There are a couple more things that I would like to discuss about the Saints game uh, or this Dallas Cowboys team as a whole. Stop getting cute on the offensive line. If you know who your best five guys are, leave those guys on the field. Okay. Enough with the rotating guys in enough with this, like, oh, we're going to give this guy a chance to play. If you think Connor Williams, if you made a mistake, own up to it, Mike. And I'm talking to Mike McCarthy. If you made a mistake with this, offensive line shuffle and you want Connor Williams back in this is the time to do it um and you can do that by just saying like hey we're going back to Connor Williams not Connor McGovern now I'm not saying Connor McGovern's doing a bad job I'm just saying the running game was a lot better and more functional uh is that even a word <laughs> functioning better I guess with uh Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Power when Connor Williams was in the game now the penalties yes they've cost us and that's why he was benched in the first place so I'm not even I'm not even concerning myself with that right now. I want the best five guys on the field. The offensive line will get, you know, there's five games left. You have to get this unit together. 
you cannot mess around with this anymore. It's the, the, the times of shuffling and trying new things. That's over. It's got to be over. You know, if they want to make a significant run here in the NFC and put themselves in a position to not be the four seed because nobody really wants the four seed because, you know, you're going to get that red hot wild card team who just missed their division title because the division races out in the NFC West are big and close, right? And then the NFC North's kind of wrapped up. Green Bay's going to take that. The NFC South also kind of wrapped up. So you're going to get a red hot either the Rams or uh, the Eagles or the or the Washington football team again. You know what I mean? Like these guys are all going to be relevant and in the picture uh, at the end. So you don't really want to face that team. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, if you want to welcome in the Eagles to AT&T again after the starching we just put on them at Monday Night Football earlier in the year, that's all well and good for you. I want nothing to do with that. I want nothing to do with that at all. Um, but now, like, you want you don't want that four seed, so you want to keep winning games. The only way you can do that is if you get some kind of solid game plan on the offensive line where we don't have to worry about who's coming in, who's coming out. You want to line up McGovern as a fullback again and do that whole Hulk formation? I'm all for it. Hulkamania all the way, right? All the way. But enough with the shuffling in and out. We need some continuity. We, we don't need... To, to let everybody, you know, make sure everybody has played. This isn't Pop Warner. You know what I mean? This isn't, you're not contracted to play a certain amount of plays just because of, you know, you paid money to play there. <laughs> We're paying them, okay? This is, this is a thing. We're paying them to play football, get the best five on the line. And then I'll digress with the rest of the offensive line talk because it's just a, a lot. My comparisons, or a lot of people's comparisons, and shout out to Michael Gelkin, who's one of my favorite writers on, on, uh, Dallas Cowboys media, he called, and I thought this was an accident, and it wasn't. He called Micah Parsons the linebacker, not the linebacker, the linebacker, like the animal. First of all, well played, sir. We talked via DM. I, I sent you a DM. He actually sent me a DM first and said, you know, I was trying it out. I'm like, you better run with this because that is fantastic. Micah Parsons, I've said it week in and week out. Kids living up to the billing, that's one thing, right? But the comparisons to Lawrence Taylor, right? In the beginning when he was, you know, it's just playing good football. People were starting to say Lawrence Taylor's name a little bit. And I was just like, oh, guys, I, I really don't, I don't really want to hear that. That's too, just too high of expectations for this kid. That's too much. The last couple of weeks, specifically in that Saints game, this kid's motor just keeps going. There's nothing stopping. He is the energizer bunny of this defense, right? But he's a lion. And he's always hungry, right? I mean, that's, there's so many animals involved here. But I think that Micah Parsons finally has entered the chat when it comes to defensive player of the year. Not defensive rookie of the year. Defensive player of the year. And now you're actually competing with your teammate, Trayvon Diggs, who locked down another interception against the Saints. There's a lot, a lot to unwrap with this defense. And if, if they're just kind of scratching the surface, I don't know why I just did that on camera, but I did. It was with the whole scratching motion in case you're just listening. But there's a lot to to unwrap with this defense. And I think that they're just scratching the surface. And I really, truly do think and believe that the Dallas Cowboys defense could be the reason why they make a run. A lot of people say defense wins championships, right? And that may come from a lot of guys who've played defense in, in, in football or or guys who have, yeah, who basically those are the guys that do it. The guys that say defense wins championships probably play defense at some point or another. Um, look at the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, right? Their offense was not anything to talk about, right? But here's Ray Lewis, and here's that entire defense that just reigns supreme, okay? The Chiefs were able to win their Super Bowl a couple years back because their defense got 
like lit a fire under its ass and they're kind of doing that again. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there's a good defensive uh, uh, team over there in Kansas city. The good teams have a good defense. The Dallas Cowboys right now. Yes. They just played the saints and they're, you know, Taysom Hill. Right. And they let up a lot of yards against Derek Carr, but there was a lot of penalties in that game. So I'm, I'm willing to omit that. Right. This defense is coming on right now. And they're only getting better, and they're only getting healthier. So let's take a break right now so I can towel off. It's getting hot in here. Uh, I'm getting excited about all this crap. Let's towel off real quick. Let's come back. Let's talk about the Washington football team coming up in week 14. That's right. We are already at week 14. It's kind of depressing and, and exciting all at the same time. Be right back. What's going on, guys? This is Sturch, and I'm here to let you guys know about some new happenings with Joe Pizzamenti of Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. This time around, I want to bring you guys up to speed on some of the amazing health and wellness products. These products focus on providing happiness for people bringing out the four happy hormones in our body. That right away makes me happy. These products aid weight loss, sleep, mental clarity, and energy, just to name a few. They have even created your morning coffee to get your day started off right. That's not all, guys. Joe is in the giving mood, so now if you mention Shop Sports, he's going to provide you with a free discounted private travel website that you can use to book your travel needs. Even better, if you become a customer of Joe's, he's going to give you guys a travel voucher that you can use for up to a year and are only responsible for airfare and taxes. Visit attitudeofgratitudellc.com for more information. What's up, everybody? This is Dave Sturchio, co-owner of Chop Sports and, of course, the Chop Sports Podcast Network. And I'm here to remind you that each and every day, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern, we're going live. That's right. It's the Chop Sports Daily live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. At around 1230, this becomes a podcast in which you can stream it on your favorite platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Each and every day, myself and Gooch go over the previous night's sports, a couple games to look forward to, and of course, we always spark a really great conversation. You can join the conversation by watching us on YouTube Live or download the podcast when that becomes available. That's every day. Check out the Chop Sports Daily. All right, welcome back to All About the Star right here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Sturchill, coming to you live, forgot to say this in the beginning, in the open, from the Flipping Made Easy studio here in Matawan, New Jersey. I want to thank you guys, first and foremost, for subscribing and downloading and, and making this podcast a success and worth doing. I could talk Cowboys till I'm blue in the face, and I think I have at this point, on the Chop Sports Daily Show. I, I also, and you guys know this, I'm a, I'm a personality over on the Blogging the Boys podcast network where I do two podcasts over there. This is a fourth podcast. I do a lot of talking, and I think this is what I was built and born to do. So for you guys to, to subscribe and, and rate and review and leave all your kind words, that's a lot to me. So thank you first and foremost. The reinforcements are coming, and we were talking about Demarcus Lawrence before he got back. He made an immediate impact, and I want to please, for the love of God, Stop with the, the this narrative that Demarcus Lawrence isn't a good defensive end because of his sack numbers. Demarcus Lawrence does so much more that you guys actually don't see. That if you're not watching the game, you have no idea what this guy or this kid, he's still young, is capable of doing. Okay, he is a game wrecker. He gets in that backfield faster, sometimes faster than Micah Parsons can. Okay, there is a bull rush mentality. This guy is an absolute monster, and people have to stop saying, well, you know, the sack numbers are down, and, oh, you paid him all this money. He is causing havoc in the backfield and, and making these quarterbacks throw differently. He's making these quarterbacks throw under duress. He's making these running backs get stuffed in the backfield. Demarcus Lawrence absolutely dominates the game, and that's why he's a difference maker. Now, 
Why don't we add Randy Gregory to the mix? Why not, right? We're playing defense here. Randy Gregory coming back this week against the Washington football team, right? The interior took a hit, okay? The interior has taken a hit time and time again. When Neville Gallimore went down real early before the season even started, right? Tristan Hill was suspended for a game. That was garbage. Everybody knows that's garbage. Now you're coming back, both guys coming back. And now you also have the guys that have been there since jump, okay? This defensive line all of a sudden looks very scary on paper, and now they also look scary on the field, okay? the the What they're doing and what they bring on the defense makes everybody around them better. And when I say that, when you get pressure on the quarterback from a Gregory, a Parsons, a Lawrence, and even in from the interior within Gallimore and all these guys that are in there, Tristan Hill, like we just mentioned, those guys, and don't worry, I shout out to Brent Irving. I miss you. I, we miss you up front. Trust me. Um, but when you're able to get pressure on the quarterback, that makes everybody around you better. That makes the linebackers better at the second level. That makes the secondary cover less. Everybody knows this. All right. It's not rocket science. This is what happens. And I think I, I firmly believe that as long as the defensive line stays healthy and stays on the field and we're able to rotate in and out between Terrell Basham and, and guys that have made names for themselves in here in Dallas this year, as long as they're able to stay fresh, stay healthy, boy, oh boy, that's secondary, man. They are making plays out there. And I'm not just talking about Trayvon Diggs, who has about a million interceptions this year. Okay. I'm not just talking about him. I'm talking about the guys on the back end, Jaron curse. Okay. Casey, uh, which I'm going to go. Keanu Neal playing linebacker. The other one, Anthony Brown. We all know what happened to him on Thanksgiving. He was literally a, a, a subject of, of somebody's good time. And by good time, I mean the referees had a good time with Anthony Brown because that most of it was garbage. Some of it was justified, but not all of it. And everybody knows that. So if you're actually saying that all those penalties were justified, you're not watching the right game. Um, but I will say this. This defense will dictate the pace coming into a game against the Washington football team. Now, the Washington football team just got it done in Vegas, right? And they're feeling themselves. And Ron Rivera's got this team fighting and buzzing and everything like that. They are feeling themselves. They are playing good football. And this is exactly when you want to play good football, December. You want to you crank it up in December. We get that. Let's not forget who we're facing here. Taylor Heineke could very well be in the conversation of starting quarterback for the Washington football team going forward, right? But the fact that you have to say that, the fact that you have to say he's in the conversation means that he's not doing enough to be the guy going forward. He's not, he's not good enough for these talking heads on all these mainstream outlets saying, like, Taylor Heineke will be the starting quarterback of the Washington football team going forward because he's still making mistakes. He's still a kid after all. You know, he's still un inexperienced. Yes, did he face Tom Brady last a year, a year in a playoff game? Sure did. You know, and he sure made a name for himself there, running in touchdowns and, and just making it go crazy for Washington fans, thinking they had the guy. Now, remember, going into this year, he still wasn't the guy, right? It took an injury for him to get back in there and do it. And he's doing it. He's winning football games. Don't get me wrong. Scary Terry, right? Uh, Terry McLaurin. They got a bunch of playmakers in Washington right now. Okay, they absolutely do. And I think that, you know, Gibson scares me. He ruined Thanksgiving last year, you know, or last year or the year before. Either one. He's he's run. He's he's caused havoc uh, against our run defense, in which our run defense did let up Taysom Hill over 100 yards. So that kind of – it does worry me. But, again, reinforcements are coming. The middle of the – the interior defensive line is getting bigger and bulkier, and we're going to be fine in that regard, I think. Uh, at least that's what I believe. And now going forward, uh, in this game in particular, their offense – 
doesn't really scare me a lot, right? It does. I understand outside of Gibson and Heineke making a couple plays with his feet or or lacing it in there, very Brett Favre-ish, where he's just kind of throwing it in tight windows and stuff. And everybody's like, "Well, wow, geez, you see that? That guy's that guy's a stud. Like he's not a stud, not yet. You can't anoint him. You know, you you just can't." Um, Parcel said it best with Romo. Don't you know? Don't take out the anointing oil. All right, he's not the guy yet. He's not even being talked about as the guy yet. He's he's just. I don't know. He's just, he, he's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. It is hard to explain about Taylor Heineke. He's a mystery man. Okay. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, now listen, this defense was touted, talked about top 10, top five defense in the league, chase young, all the, the defensive front. They're fantastic. They're, they're animals, right? Well, chase Young's no longer there. And, but the defense is still playing relatively good. It's really up to this Dallas Cowboys offense is if it can get back to true form, if it get back to, you know, where they beat up on the Eagles, where they beat up on the Giants, where they beat up on all the teams they played in that six game run, you know, that that was their run, man. And I think that, you know, if Dak Prescott can just trust himself a little more, I know, listen, I, I've had an injury, not I'm not an NFL athlete, nor am I ever gotten to any kind of level of, of playing football, but I've torn my ACL before I've torn my meniscus. I've done all that. Right. And you are skeptical. I was a pro wrestler when it happened. Right. So like I came back, I was very, very skeptical about doing anything, let alone getting back in the ring, right? So here we are with Dak Prescott. Now it's been a long time since the ankle injury, over a year, and the recovery, and we all see what he's done on the field. I just don't think he's trusting his abilities right now. I think he's playing a little timid, and he's trying to force it in there. And I'm not talking about for stats or for yards or anything like that. I'm not. I would say that, you know, he's... He's just, he's not trusting his legs enough in which we all know the athlete that he is. I think he ran somebody over in the Falcons game and he said it on the sidelines because sounds of the sidelines when they win is, is there's nothing better than watching these guys talk to each other. Um, but what he said, he's like, I had to remind everybody that I'm, you know, six foot plus, you know, 240 pounds. He's a monster. He's a big dude for a quarterback. He can lay his shoulder down, you know, non-throwing shoulder, hopefully, preferably, you know, but like I, I look at this kid and I say, he's a gamer. You know, and I think he can play the game that he used to play where he felt like he was very loose and very decision friendly, where he would make all the decisions on the fly, cut to a run, cut, you know, change to a pass, whatever, whatever you did against Tampa Bay. Believe it or not, me and my dad said the same thing. When I walked out of his house after that game against New Orleans, I said, you know what? I kind of felt better. We kind of agreed. We felt better after the Tampa loss than we did the New Orleans win in reality with the offense clicking the way it was in that game. Now, that's not to discredit anything that they did. You know, Michael Gallup is unbelievable. He's making toe drag, toe drag swags every week, right? Cooper, who wasn't even supposed to play, he catches one and breaks one. And then you got CeeDee Lamb. I think Malcolm Jenkins' ankles are still in the Superdome right now, okay? He left them there because CD snatched his soul from his body and broke his ankles, right? So these guys all make plays. I get it. But Dak Prescott's got to make more decisions in real time. And I think that's going to happen in real time. And I think it's going to start this week. He's got a nice little record against the Washington team. He does. He, he plays well against them. He hasn't lost many games against Washington. Obviously, the Washington football team trounced us last year twice. Dak wasn't there. Now, let's not forget what the Washington football team did to Andy Dalton. They knocked him silly. And nobody came to defend him. Nobody fought this Washington football team. Right now, they're feeling themselves. Their fan base is feeling themselves. And I'm here to tell the fan base, you better pump your brakes. Because if this offense gets rolling, 
you guys are in a shit ton of trouble. Okay, because the Washington football team and their fans chanting, we want Dallas at the end of last week's game. You might have bitten off just a little bit too much, just a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. We match up well. I think this team uh, is playing at an all time level. We do match up well. And it's time for a prediction, right? I mean, look, there's a lot of intangibles. McCarthy will be back, I, I, I think, uh, Wednesday. I'm pretty sure he'll be back. Uh, Kellen Moore will now have a little bit of extra reinforcements in his ammo um, as far as play-calling ability. Um, I think that we're, we're in, a, we're, we're in a, a game right now in which I'll probably, you know, as you listen to this, you can probably go back and listen to a lot of the stuff I said on the roundtable, Blogging the Boys, that drops every Tuesday. It's a YouTube channel. It's also a podcast that drops same day as this. Um, but there's, so there's a lot of points to talk about, but I think the Dallas Cowboys match up very well against the Washington football team. Now this can go South quickly. It can, the Cowboys are up two games right now and they've not played Washington yet. So the Washington football team, technically all things considered control their own destiny. If they knock off the Cowboys twice and they went out, that's it. You're they're, they're the NFC East champions. Can that happen? I don't think so. I don't even think it happens this week. I think the Cowboys put everybody in a cheerful mood. You know, we're a couple weeks away from Christmas. We're about to get potentially our ninth win of the season. And if you go to nine and four and they go to six and seven and you're up three games on the NFC East, the next best team in the NFC East at nine and four, okay, with four games to go, it would take an epic collapse beyond any, like I'm talking what year was that when the Mets were up like 10 games with like five ga- days to go and somehow miraculously they lost that. No dig at the Mets, kind of a dig at the Mets. But it it would take that kind of collapse for the Cowboys not to win the NFC East. I got higher aspirations now. I got higher visions now. You win that game against New Orleans in New Orleans, you get to have those kinds of thoughts. You get to have those, well, wait a minute, we're only down one game of Green Bay and Tampa. I know Tampa beat us already, but technically we're two games behind Arizona. Now, what if Arizona drops one this week to L.A., right? And we win. Now we're one game behind Arizona, and we got Arizona on the schedule towards the end of the year, in week 17, I believe. So anything can happen, okay? I'm an optimistic Cowboys fan at this point. I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week after, you know, the Thanksgiving blunder. We'll see. It remains to be seen. But I want to thank you guys for joining me here on All About the Star uh, podcast right here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. Do me a favor, leave me a review. If you're listening to the sound of my voice right now on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff, leave me a review. Tell them I'm the best thing going in Dallas Cowboys media. I am on my way. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying every week to be the voice of the Dallas Cowboys, the voice of the voiceless. Actually, there's a lot of voices out there. There's about one trillion Dallas Cowboy podcasts, I'm sure, but I'd like to kind of carve out my own little, my own little pocket. All right. So with that. For Dave Sturchio, this has been another episode of All About the Star. Let's go, Cowboys. Oh, did you actually think I was going out of here without a prediction? Because I got one for you. I got one, and the Cowboys offense gets back going again. Give me 31-17 Dallas Cowboys with a little bit of a back, uh, you know, end of the game, you know, touchdown by Heineke makes it 17. So they have the game in hand, one big garbage touchdown at the end. 31-17 Dallas Cowboys move to 9-4. and four and remain on top and solidify themselves as the NFC East champions. That's right. I'm calling it champions after week 14. We'll see. I might be too optimistic, but it is what it is. That's what I do. I'm all about the star. I'll see you guys next week.